0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swann and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. It's good to see you here. God bless all of you. So a good night worshiping with you. One of the highlights of my week is to worship with you, it's to raise our hands to Jesus and celebrate his love. Well, bless all of you that you're here glad you're healthy and whole if you're watching by live stream, bless you and i know some some of you are battling different things we pray for you we stand with you and so anytime you let us know about what's going on in your life we really really enjoy praying for you well if you got a bible go with me to the book of malachi chapter 3 and the book of malachi is the last book of the old testament okay right there before Matthew. So if you get to Matthew, gone just a little too far, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse. So rewind 40 years ago or so, and we begin to, and I say we, me and we begin to look at certain areas in our life that weren't doing real good, especially financially. You know, we were in a predicament where we had more month than money. How many of you have ever had more month than money? <laughs> you know, you go around and you got about a half a nostril out from going totally under. And so we begin to see the scriptures on the, the word of God, what the Bible actually had to say. And you know, in Malachi 3, I'm not, I'm not going to take you to verse 6, but it specifically says that God said, I don't change. I don't change. Now, we have a, a big battle at times between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament was based on the letter of the wall. The New Testament was based on the grace and the Lord Jesus. But God said, I don't change. So I always ask people, so when did he change? He didn't. So as I look here, and I'm going to read in verse 8, this, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. You've, you've got to put yourself in this passage, Okay. Because this is what we did 40 years ago. So Malachi 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Question mark. Yet you have robbed me. Exclamation point. And I'd look at that. And I'd say, all right, Lord, let, let the word of God explain what you mean here. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he said, in tithes and offerings, and if you'll look at both of those words, they're both plural. Now, the thing about the tithe, God tells us what to do with the tithe, okay? Now, the offering comes up to you, what you have in your heart to give, over and above your tithe. But, but watch out! the scriptures just teaches in such an incredible way. You've robbed me in tithes and offerings, and because of that, you are cursed with a curse you are under a self-imposed curse. Now I would look at that and I would read that and I'd think, yeah, I've robbed God. And so now I'm, I'm under a curse because I've robbed God. For you have robbed me of even this whole nation. Now, watch what God tells us to do. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Bring all A L L the tithes into the storehouse. So if you were to look up what the word storehouse means, it actually means the church. If you want to see where it's cross-referenced, it would take you to 1 Chronicles 26:20, and you would see he's talking about the church. Now, again, I didn't write this, God did. So he said, Bring all your tithes into the storehouse or the church. Now, this was an error that me and Shelly had gotten over in because we didn't know any different. But there were seasons in my life where I would take the tithe and I thought, you know what? I'm I'm just going to bless Gloria with it. And I'm going to bless this ministry and I'm going to bless that ministry. But I begin to see biblically what he said here, bring all the tithe. So the tithe is predetermined. It's to go to the storehouse. Why? That there may be food or resources in my house. Now this is what God said. And then he said, and, and try me now in this. Now this is the only place in the Bible I can find where God says, try me now in this, prove me now in this. The Stormy Swan paraphrased edition of this is, I double dog dare you. Prove me now in this. And look how he ends. And he says, the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessings. There will not be room enough for you to receive it. So when I I obey what he says, and remember the tithe means 10%, to really, really, really get that on an elementary level, every dime that you make, that first penny's God's. That first penny's God's. That's his best. That's the best. You don't give God your leftovers, that very first one. And you say, well, if I give God my first Then what if I don't have enough at the end of the month? So really what you're saying is I'm going to obey as long as I have everything I need. But when we do that, we're actually just tipping God. So remember that the tithe is 10%. So the mechanism that releases God to bless you and me is when we obey this and we actually step out and begin to honor him with our tithes. Now, what happens here when we don't, when we withhold our tithe and we don't do this, you are literally robbing God for the ability to bless you. Ow. God moves and operates off obedience. So I'm just going to tell you right now, when I would look at this at at a 23 and 24 year old, I would say, there's no way, Father God, I can't do this. But this is what the Bible says. So for a number of years in our life, we tried it our way, and I saw where that got me. We were bo- broke, busted, disgusted, never to be trusted. We hadn't had anything. So you know what we figured out? We've tried it our way. So let's do it God's way. And I'm telling you guys, woo, something happens when I begin to obey that. Something happens when I step out. Okay, Lord. You took a little while on that tonight. I did. I believe this is that significant. And so my my job is to teach you the truth of the word of God, to tell you this is what happens. Now, if you're a tither in here and you've seen God bless you in incredible ways, just so everybody in here will know that I'm telling the truth, would you raise your hand if that's you say? Wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The goodness of God. Well, Pastor, you weren't lying. No, I'm not gonna lie to you. Let's pray. Father God, we love you, we honor you. Lord, I, I thank you that you anchor ever heart in here tonight with your truth, that you you give us kingdom knowledge, even in this area. And Father God, ones that will step out of the boat and start walking on the water in this area, grace them in this. Grace them with this, and we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're still the God who blesses in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, if you've got a Bible, go to the book of Luke, chapter 18. Luke, chapter 18, and as you're turning there, I'm going to give you a couple quick announcements as quick as I can get through them. Our, our Celebrate Christmas services this Sunday and then the following Wednesday. It's an incredible night, so I welcome all you. Bring your family. This is a great Great opportunity to have the things that God put in their hearts today. Uh, We're still accepting any offerings. And this would be an offering to our Operation Faith Closet. Or not a faith closet, faith children. To give them the opportunity for children to be blessed. Really good seed to sow in. Also, again, you see this box up here. And I'm real careful. If you desire to go to the marriage retreat. And listen, guys, we're believing God that we're going to be able to, to pull the marriage retreat off. It's going to be on. It's just where? And so we're believing that it's still going to be in riadosa Time will tell, but you can buy that. You can give your little, your little Cupid a little Christmas gift with an opportunity to go to the marriage retreat. Okay. So we jump to Luke 18. And as we're going there, one of the, the scriptures that has really, really stuck with me, and I said this last night even at Tuesday night prayer, is Matthew 7 7 where the Lord Jesus himself said don't give up or quit asking don't quit seeking don't quit knocking in other words keep coming to God with your prayer request but also keep seeking God keep trusting God and so I'm going to talk about this a little bit tonight in a couple passages that I believe will help you so we begin in Luke 18 verse 1 Then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. you know how Jesus just said, keep praying. Keep praying. Don't give up. Don't quit. Stay with it. Saying there was a certain city and a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. And so to this, this judge to me, this is a godless man. He didn't look to God. He could care less about the opinion of anybody. He was going to do what he thought was right. Verse three. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me, from my adversary. Vindicate me. This was her cry. Verse four. And he would not for a while. But afterward, this ungodly judge said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man. Now he says it again. I don't fear God. I don't don't look to man for nothing. Verse 5. Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. I will vindicate her. Now it's interesting he uses the word, this widow troubles him. How did she trouble him? Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. So guess what happens? She just kept showing up. She kept calling, showing up. She kept asking. She kept knocking. She kept seeking. She just stayed with her. Do you know what I see with this woman right here? This is what we would call a faith that perseveres. That you know what says? It's that bulldog faith. I'm, I'm not letting go until I get it. So it's interesting that Jesus would highlight this right here. Verse six Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust said, or the unjust judge said. Did you hear what he said? And shall God not avenge his own elect? who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. So you know what he says? And God's never against you crying out to him day and night, day after day after day after day. I really think God loves it. Verse eight, I tell you that, that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, Will he really find faith on the earth? So those who keep on, they stay with it. They keep praying. They keep expecting. He said, when he comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? That's what he's looking at. He's he's looking at a a, a faith that it perseveres. It's not moved by time. It just says, I'm gonna keep coming to God. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing God. Are there any of you in here that have prayed for something for more than five years? 10, 15, 20? Yeah. I've prayed for prayers for a long time in my life. And I've never given up on those prayers. You know what? I found out that, that God's clock ticks at a different time. That if we really believe that Father God knows best, and I believe he does, he's going to release it just in the perfect time. Just in the perfect time, that frame. Now, go with me into the Old Testament to 1 Kings chapter 11. And we're going to be in 1 Kings most of the rest of the night. And as you're turning to 1 Kings 11... King David had been the king, and he's no longer around. And so he puts his son, Solomon, as the king. Now, to follow in King David's footsteps wasn't easy. Remember, the Lord said that David was a man after his own heart. So Solomon is now the king. Now, if you really want to dig in there and study this, in in 1 Kings 10, the, the Lord asked Solomon, what do you want me to do for you? And you know what his answer was? He said, I want wisdom. G- give me wisdom so I can rightly lead and judge your people. And with his answer, God got so blessed. Now, let me ask you something right now. I don't want, no, I don't want you to get spiritual or real religious on me. But, but if God was to look you in the eye, every one of us right now, and he looked and said, what, what do you want me to do for you? What, what, what do you want me to do for you, Gloria? Gloria? What do you want me to do for you, Ponciano? What do you want me to do for you? What would be your response? Just an interesting thought. So this guy named Solomon is now king. And he starts out really good, but he gets this thought in his back of his mind. He can compromise God's word just just a little bit. If, if If I just little dab of sin or a little dab of disobedience, God will be okay with it. Now, what happens in the beginning of 1 Kings 11 is the Lord had warned him, don't marry or don't intermarry with those foreign women. And you know why he tells them that? it's Because they didn't love God. They didn't have a desire for God. And so you know what Solomon does? He doesn't just marry one of them. He's got 750. He's got blondes. He's got brunettes. He's got everything imaginable. But he has the thought, I can disobey what God says, and there'll be no consequences. 1 Kings 11, verse 6. So Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. You know what I believe this says? He quit looking to God. He quit asking God. He he quit seeking God. And even this area, he he couldn't say no to compromise. Verse 7. Then Solomon built a high place, and when you see the high place, anytime you see that reference, it's a place for pagan worship. In other words, it's a place for idol worship. So he built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem. If you study the map of Israel, this is literally the Mount of Olives. And for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their God. So you know what he says? I want to please all my wives. Whatever they want to worship, I'll build them an altar. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who appeared to him twice. And he had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, because you have done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I've commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and I will give it to your servant. Now, now think about that verse, verse 11, right there. He said to Solomon, because you, you compromised. You you thought you could break my commands and it wouldn't affect. So he said, I'm going to tear the kingdom away from you. And he specifically said, I'm going to give it to your servant. Same chapter, verse 26. Then Solomon's servant. Now this is who this is. The New Living Translation says, this rebel leader, his name was Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And Ephraimite from Zerah, whose mother's name was Zerah, a widow also rebelled against the king. And this is what caused him to rebel against the king. Solomon had built the Milo and repaired the damages to the city of David, his father. So he had repaired the breaches in the walls, what he did, and they rebelled against this. Verse 28 The man Jeremiah was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing that this young man was industrious, he did his work well, he was very talented. Some believed he was a scholar. He made him the officer over all the labor force of the house of Joseph. So Solomon puts him in a role of leadership. Let me highlight something here for you. Don't ever put talent above character. There's a lot of people with talent. And talent may get you there, but only character will keep you. And so right here, that's what he does. He sees this guy with talent. Verse 29. Now it happened at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, met him on the way, and he had clothed himself with the new garment, and the two were alone in the field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new garment and was on him, and he tore it into 12 pieces. So the the view of the new garment was going to be a new leader, a new king. And he tears it into 12 pieces, which signified the 12 tribes of Israel to this day is still in effect. So he rips it into 12 pieces. Verse 31. And he said to Jeroboam, take for yourself 10 pieces, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and I will give 10 tribes to you. So he's going to give him 10 of the 12 tribes. Now remember what we read in in 1 Kings uh, chapter 11, verse 11. He said, I'm going to tear the kingdom away from you, Solomon, and I'm going to give it to your servant. So this is all taking place right here. Verse 32, but he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I've chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Now Listen. Why was he doing that? Because they have forsaken me. They have abandoned me. They had quit following God's ways. They quit seeking God. They they quit inquiring of God. They quit praying. And, And again, this was the leader of Israel. This was Solomon. And so again, I'm not exempt from this. I must stay very aware of these things. And I learned from these. And he says, though so they've forsaken me and they worship the Asherah, the gods of Sidonians, Chamash, the god of the Moabites, Milcom, the god of the people of Ammon, and have not walked in my, day, my ways to do what was right in my eyes and keep my statutes and my judgment as did Father David. So you know what he does? He not only permits idol worship, he actually encourages it. And when you read the idols that he set up, they were three different idols from three different nations. Now, can you imagine this guy who at one time, he was so lit up about God that God blessed him with wisdom. And now, he's turned from God. He began to compromise with just started with just a little sin. And with me and you, I can never excuse the sin of my life and I can't tolerate it. I must look at my life and say, Father, God, grace me. I don't want to go in that direction. Same chapter. And I'm going to jump down for a time. verse 37. So I will take you and you shall reign over all your heart's desire and you shall be king over Israel. And listen what, to listen what this prophet says to Jeroboam. Then it shall be, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight to keep my statutes, my commandments, as my servant David then, then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house as I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. So you know what he just tells him there? You've got to keep on seeking. You've got to keep on heeding. You've got to keep looking to me. This wasn't a one-time event. Day by day by day. And he goes on to say in verse 39, And I will afflict the descendants of David because of this, but not forever. So Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam. When Solomon heard all these prophecies, the very guy that he recruited, remember, he's the one who moved him into a position of authority. Now he's wanting to kill him. Turn with me to 1 Kings 14. 1 Kings 14, and the reason I'm jumping in there, we're really fast forward, and let me tell you, everything that the prophet Ahijah said to Jeroboam it took place. He's now king. But we look at what Solomon did, and the crazy thing is Jeroboam does the same thing. He does exactly the same thing. First Kings 14, verse one. At that time, and when it says, at that time, it's literally talking about because his refusal to acknowledge his sin. So at that time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, became sick. So now he's facing some crisis. Now he doesn't want to serve God, but he's now in crisis. And so because he's now in this crisis, look what he says. And so Jeroboam said to his wife, please arise and disguise yourself that they may not recognize you as the wife of Jeroboam and go to Shiloh. Indeed, Ahijah the prophet is there who told me that I would be a king over this people. So you know what he's thinking? Well, maybe he can help. But he tells his wife, you've got to disguise yourself because his lifestyle had become so ungodly and his reputation with the prophet was bad. Now, can I give you a little nugget here? This pertains to you and this pertains to me. When he said he disguised himself, Anytime I got to sneak around or be real secretive about something, that's a pretty good sign that I know something my heart isn't right with doing this. So if what you're doing, if it doesn't just do it. But if I have to sneak around, you know, I begin to think about this. It's like a teenager that sneaks out at night and they crawl out the window. Well, die. If you got to crawl out the window right there, if you really think what you're doing's okay, then just open the front door and go on out. So in your life, what are you disguising yourself with? I, I could tell you jillion stories off of this, but we better move on. Verse 3. Also take with you 10 loaves and some cakes, a jar of honey, and go to him, and he will tell what will become of the child. It was very customary to bring the prophet gifts. So Jeroboam's wife did. So she arose and went to Shiloh, and she came to the house of the prophet Ahijah. But Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were glazed because reason of his age. So now he's so old, he can't even see with his physical eyes. Watch watch verse 5. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, here's the wife of Jeroboam coming to ask you something about her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus you shall say to her, for it will be when she comes in, that she will pretend to be another woman. So just because he can't see with his physical eyes, this guy, he's still in tune with God. He's still hearing from God. And so the Lord prepares him for what's getting ready to happen. Verse six, and so it was, when Ahijah heard the sound of her footsteps as she came through the door, he said, come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another person? So he hears the knock on his door and you know how he answers? He says, hello, Miss Jeroboam, who is dressed and pretending to be someone else, come on in. You know what I think I would have done? I think, I got the wrong door. I, I better go somewhere else. This guy, he's already reading my mail, and he's blind. He can't see. How many of you have ever had someone read your mail by the Spirit of God? Oh, my God. When I was going to Bible school, I, I had a good friend, and that rascal... He would. He was almost like an open book. He would look at me and tell me what I'm doing wrong and wrong. And you know what I'd say to him? What's Shelly been telling you? And he'd say, she ain't been telling me nothing. This is what the spirit of God told me. And you know what? Every time he would tell me something, man, it was to my good. So she walks, goes strolling in, and he says, who do you, or why do you pretend to be another person? For I have been sent to you with bad news. Oh boy, oh happy day, huh? I've been sent with you with bad news. Go tell Jeroboam, thus says the Lord God of Israel, because I exalted you from among the people and made you ruler over my people Israel. And I tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you. And yet you have not been as my servant David who kept my commandments, who followed me with all his heart to do only what was right in my eyes. Again, he highlights the me and you. To to obey God is a day-by-day thing. Well, you know what I find in my life? When I obey God, my life is so much better. So he begins to reveal the reason uh, Jeroboam's in the predicament he's in. And listen to what he says in verse 9. But you have done more evil than all who were before you. You had achieved all-time lows of sin. For you have gone and made for yourself other gods. You've molded images to provoke me to anger and have cast me behind your back. He quit knocking, he quit seeking, he quit going to God. Therefore, behold, I will bring disaster on the house of Jeroboam. And I will cut off from Jeroboam every male in Israel, bond and free. I will take the remnant of the house of Jeroboam as one who takes away refuse until it's all gone. The dogs shall eat everyone who belongs to Jeroboam and dies in the city. So if you die in the city, the dogs are going to eat you. Pretty sight, huh? And the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field, for the Lord has spoken. You're out working in the field, you die, you might as well get ready. The birds are going to eat you. Verse 12, arise therefore and go to your own house, and when your feet enter the city, the child shall die. Whoa, whoa, the consequences. And when I read this, I think, how could this happen from a man Who was selected to be the king. And now he's being rejected as the king. Again, when I turn my heart from God. When I quit looking to God. Now, real quickly, go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And I I can say this to every one of us. None of us are exempt from these things not happening. And sometimes in my life, when all hell breaks loose, I have to look and I think, have I disobeyed God? And if I have, I really need to repent and get right. Or, or the other side of it, and have, have I quit looking to God? Have, have I got to the place in my life where I, I can override the Word of God? I, I look to everything and anything but God. And it's interesting how we started that if I just keep persevering, I just keep on looking to God. Hebrews 10, verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. So the writer here says, don't cast away your confidence. So you know what he's telling us? It's possible to cast away your confidence. And I believe the confidence he's talking about is my my trust in the Lord. That's my confidence. And and he said, don't don't cast that away. Don't don't give up on it because it has great reward, not just reward, great reward. And and so when I read this to to the, the scriptures coming to every one of us, you know what he's saying? Come on back in there. Get, get a kingdom fight within you. You know, Proverbs 24 says, when a righteous man falls, he gets back up. Actually, says that a righteous man may fall seven times, but he keeps getting back up. The only time we fail is when we quit getting up. Get back up. For you have need of endurance. That word endurance means I need a, a steadfastness. I need to hold out the capacity to bear up under circumstances, to actively resist weariness and defeat. I have a need of endurance. Father, God, grace me with endurance so that after you have done the will of God, and you may want to underline that, after you have done the will of God, after you have done the word of God, You may receive the promise. You may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come, and he will not tarry, he will not delay. Verse 38 Now the just shall live by faith, the righteous shall live by faith. Man, I got to thrive to live by faith. Thank you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. But if anyone draws back, if anyone turns away, if anyone cuts and run is what the message says, my soul has no pleasure in him. It's not just how I start, but it's how I finish. And the apostle Paul said in in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought the good fight i finished the race. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith is how that verse goes. So I pray tonight, this, this stirs you up. If you're on track, just keep seeking. Just keep asking, just pray. And if you've gotten off track, Man, go before God and say, Father God, I I repent. I'm I'm ready to come. Stir back in me. Stir stir back in me a tangible faith. Lord. I want to live by faith. I want to fight the good fight of faith. So here's an exercise of just keep on praying. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. But this whole region, we are in dire need of moisture. I mean, this, this has gotten crazy what's going on. I was back in the room before the service and I put this lotion on. I said, Man, I'm half crocodile tonight. And my skin just lapped that lotion up and everything. We have prayed and we have prayed Tuesday night. We pray, we pray every Tuesday night, Lord, we welcome rain. We welcome rain. We welcome rain. We keep asking, we keep knocking. And so, you know what? I encourage us not only in that area but every area of your life. Keep praying, keep asking. How many of you got someone in your family, whether it's a sister, whether it's a brother or child that's not serving God? Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep standing that perseverance. So stand up here with me. And here's how we're going to end tonight. And this may be you tonight, but the the, the, the writer there, which I believe was the Apostle Paul there in Hebrews, he said, You're in need of endurance. How many of you could use a little endurance tonight? And just to keep on, to actively resist weariness, a steadfastness. Come on, bow your heads. If you feel comfortable, raise your hands to heaven. Father God, we we look to you tonight. We trust you tonight. And Father God, grace us right now with this kingdom endurance to keep looking to you, Lord, to keep trusting in you and and stir back up within us that that kingdom faith. And Father God, if, if we've gotten off track like Solomon or Jeroboam, Lord, bring us back in. Draw us back in, Lord. Pull us a little closer. Draw us a little deeper. Let us stay a little longer, Father God, in your presence and bless us here tonight, Father God. And I pray in here, Lord, just a fresh anointing on everyone's faith in here. Regardless of where we're at right now. Lord, I pray blessings. And right now, as as your children. Lord, again tonight, we ask you for moisture all over this region again. Father God, we ask you to bless this region. Bless the mountains with snow. Bless Lubbock with rain, Father God, and all the farmers and ranchers here. And we just pray for that right now. And, Lord, even on those lines, I pray you rain on every one of us. Fresh mercy and grace and faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Yeah, clap to the Lord. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.